Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Booch Please. I am Corinne, your host, and I am joined by a very special guest today. I've known this guy for almost 10 years now, which for us mm -hmm. is a long time <laughs> because we're still young, kind of. Not Not really. Uh, yeah, and we know each other through CrossFit, what was originally CrossFit, and now um, our original gym has rebranded into Auxiliary Fitness, which is a very exciting endeavor because Nanny is one of my favorite fitness coaches ever, truly. Um, and he's worked with so many different demographics of people. I think he has some really great insight to impart for people that are beginners, for people that are competitors. Um, so everybody's going to take something away from this episode. But before we get started, uh, I'm going to get him to introduce himself. Hi, so uh, I'm Nani. So I've been in the fitness space for many, many years. Um, as Corinne mentioned, like we, we originally met in the CrossFit space. Um, and even beforehand, when I was in high school, I was always really passionate about human movement and training others. And, and over time, I've just dedicated my life to mastering the art of coaching. And that entails programming and how to talk to people, uh, managing and building relationships. And so um, that's kind of what I love to do and what I dedicate my life to. So. I love that you said um, or you called it the art of coaching because mm -hmm. I really think it is. Um, before I got into coaching or when I was first starting out, I felt like it was just you tell people what to do and then they get it and then they do it. But it's actually so much more complex than that. And we're going to dive all into what constitutes a good coach and you know how we kind of evolved over the years as coaches. But first, I want to talk about how we met because I feel like it's we have like a really special um, story because we kind of grew up in mm -hmm. this sport or this fitness industry that uh, we were both part of. So I'll like briefly start. You can feel free to add to it. But Nanny and I were part of the same CrossFit gym. It was called Auxiliary CrossFit, which he is now co-owner of and head trainer at. So uh, that's the glow up of the century. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we met when we were, I was 19. How old were you? 19. You were, oh, we're the same yeah, year. We the yeah, same yeah, year. Right. Yeah. yeah, we started around 19, which is a very formative time in a person's life. I feel like that's the time where you're actually breaking away from high school, you're entering adulthood. And so that was a really great time for me to be embarking on this fitness journey. And it was my first exposure to it. Um, and at the time, our gym was, I think it was literally 800 square feet. There was no air conditioning. No. So in the summertime, it was so hot. We had a window this big. <laughs> there was no breeze blowing in and out. But for some reason, despite just how small and, you know, basic and like not luxury at all it was, we just, we were just all like flies to honey. We were just so obsessed with this little community that was there. And um, I think ever since then, having witnessed or experienced that community, that's really like shaped the rest of our lives or up until now. Oh, it's how we approach life. A hundred percent. It was like a... I like to call it my little secret at the time. Like it, it felt like a little secret room that you go to and you, yeah. you have this edge on everyone else. I think that added to it as well. Like just the yeah. people who were doing it um, were just hardworking people outside of the gym. And being 19 right. and being brought up almost by that kind of community where we were 19 relating to 40 year olds and 60 year olds yes. added so much perspective and growth. Um, to, to the people that we are today where we can communicate and connect with people on a different level. Yeah. And so like when we met, it was kind of cool because it's like, hey, I can relate to you. We're both 19. Yeah, we were the youngest we're people in the gym. about to go into student debt. Let's do this yeah. together. I didn't know. I didn't realize at the time uh, OSAP was you had to repay that. Yeah. Like I knew, but I never, 
I, I don't know. I just didn't click until I had to make that first check. I was like, oh, this is money you want back. Damn yeah, it. Totally. <laughs> um, well, how did you get into CrossFit? Like what? Because you have you have a sports background. Like yeah. You come from an athletic background. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about how you got there. Totally. So most of my life I played soccer. Um, that was like my predominant sport. That's what I uh, planned on doing for a very long time. Uh, played a lot of different sports. So there's always that interest in doing different things. Right. Um, even though I loved soccer, I knew strength training was important. I knew exposing myself to wrestling and uh, playing football and basketball and doing these things were going to give me this edge that mm -hmm. other people might not have. Mm -hmm. So the idea and concept of varying my training was always there. Um, when I stopped playing sports, uh, there was this void. Um, and I, like as an athlete, you almost identify yourself as an athlete. And that started to disappear a little bit. Um, while doing school and I was going to school for fire engineering um, and then I started to realize that I'm no longer being athletic I'm now doing something that has nothing to do with athleticism well I mean it's physically it's demanding phys um, so fire engineering is like the brains behind it oh. yeah so fire engineering you would be like designing fire systems Ooh. you would be wow. developing code no no it's it, a lot of people don't know it's really cool it's actually really cool like you're a fiver and an engineer <laughs> that's the coolest job ever <laughs> and so it's really cool and it was actually in demand and like yeah. I was actually quite proud when I got accepted into the program but then and I really enjoyed it but then something clicked Mm. where I just naturally was starting to hit a low. Um, around February 2012, I would say I fell into some sort of depression. I didn't really want to talk to anyone. I didn't feel feel good. But the thought of being a firefighter was down the road, right? Mm. So I'm, not fire, I'm in fire engineering, but maybe I'll just be a firefighter because right. of the idea of being more active. Mm. So I just started researching firefighter training. Oh. And Auxiliary CrossFit at the time actually just finished doing uh, an annual firefighter competition oh, I remember, remember that. teams of four they in, would do milton. Like, in milton yeah you'd put on the bunker gear and i'm like 19 18 at the time i was like ah they train firefighters perfect that's where i'm going to start because i could barely deadlift my own body weight so i'm like for me to wow. save someone's life i should probably get a little bit stronger okay he couldn't deadlift his body weight at the time which at the time was not high <laughs> it's not it's not high. like it's been an ongoing thing that i have actively tried to help Nanny put on weight over the years and he's done a really good job on his own too but yeah at the time it was quarantine high. help same I, it was <laughs> high for me too <laughs> but what do you deadlift now or like uh, before five, 505 was my best I've never decided to I want to try oh eventually God. again but I haven't tried to push that yet that's that's 500 pounds. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. And so um, I started researching it and I'm like, sweet, they train firefighters. And then I start to dig deeper into what they do. And then I'm like, this looks awesome. So I remember reached out to Justin, who is the owner at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, man, like, I just want to come in and check it out. And I remember the first time I walked in. I almost felt like I was telling him about CrossFit and then he's pretty much like, I don't think I have to sell you. Like, I don't think I have to sell you. And it was cool. It was raw. It was different. And yeah. it was it, no mirrors, no machines. The walls weren't painted. Um, yeah. There's these guys doing handstand pushups on plate. It was just so yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, like, did you meet Dave Garrett at the time or like see any of the guys like Sal um, and Brennan? That night I remember seeing Sal. Okay. Justin and Peter. Ooh, I don't know if you remember. I forgot his last name I don't now. Think I remember Peter. Um, but yeah, solid crew. Yeah, I saw them. Good competitors, so that's like a good way to attract you to like, oh, I want to be that fit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, to talk a little bit about how I got into it, at the time I was eating paleo, which was really Mm -hmm. going hand in hand with CrossFit because there's this whole idea of, you know, minimalism, going back to our not primitive roots, but just to functional movements, Mm -hmm. like things that aren't using machines or using cables or bands or anything like that. And so paleo has kind of that same pathway in that it's going back to the paleolithic era before agriculture was popularized. And so um, I was following all of these paleo blogs, giving everyone my email. (laughs) I got like 10 different paleo blog emails every day in my inbox. And a lot of these bloggers were CrossFitters. And so they would rave about like, oh, we did the open or we went to this competition and it was so much fun. Like we love the community. And at the time, I don't know if you can relate to this, but the idea of working out in a class was literally the most absurd thing to me like Mm -hmm. working out hard in a class. Like I had gone to um, like group fitness and whatnot, but that wasn't like working out. Like you wouldn't break a sweat. You're just there to like fling your arms around, follow the instructor, and then you leave. So the idea of like actually sweating and looking disgusting and, and having to like pant and be out of breath in front of other people was a foreign concept to me. Like I had never experienced that. And so um, I decided to try out a few different CrossFit gyms in my area at the time. I lived up north with my parents. Um, And I remember seeing a Groupon for Auxiliary CrossFit. It was like $20 for 10 classes. I remember looking at it and be like, $2 a class. Even if I don't go, even if I only go to one class, I'm not losing money. You know, it's so cheap. So I decided to bust my ass from Richmond Hill all the way down to Dover Court and Ossington area or is that interesting? No, it was DuPont and DuPont and Ossington, yeah. DuPont and Ossington area, which is downtown Toronto. So it's like a hour and a half commute. <laughs> I bust my ass down here and Justin did my on-ramp. And I remember him telling me a lot of things about what CrossFit was, but to me, I just went right over my head. I didn't have a background in fitness. But what really struck me was when I met Andrea, his now wife. She at the time was a fierce competitor. Like she was training a lot and she was so fit and she's like got this like crossfitter women's physique, you mm-hmm. know, like strong core, big strong shoulders, thick quads. And I remember looking at her and just being like, "Oh my god, you're so amazing. Like the way that you move, you don't even care what you look like. Not that she looked bad. I think she looked great. You don't care what you you look like. You don't care if you break a nail or if your hair is out of place." but you just can do all these things that the guys can do. And that was so enticing to me, that like sense of equality. But yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Um, well, for you, do you remember what your first workout was? <laughs> 10 minute AMRAP, okay. double unders. Wait, just double unders? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, for those of you who don't know, double unders is just a skipping movement. Literally, you skip once, the rope should go, go around you twice. It's the most frustrating <laughs> movement that you it's like learning how to play flip cup with blindfolds on for the first time because you're just like you don't know what the fuck you're doing with your body no. and you don't know where that cup is gonna land same with the double unders how many did you get i actually i i got like 57 oh, or 50 almost 60 that's pretty good so i hope so it's all i did <laughs> okay well yeah that's true but you were out of breath i'm assuming um yeah it was tiring because you're inefficient yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you talk to people in the fitness space who've done double unders for many years, they eventually become so efficient where they'll actually recover on double unders. Yeah. Whereas, like, when you're learning double unders, it's so hard and mentally taxing that you're just frustrated 
and you end up with whip marks all over your body. Yes. Like, what is this thing? There are consequences. Um, I, I remember that class. It was like a general warm up, a skill session for double unders, and then three, two, one, go. There's a 10 minute AMRAP, <laughs> 10 minutes of me wanting to curse. But I felt yeah. at 19, I still didn't want to curse around adults. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and Boy, I, has that changed. <laughs> and then I believe we did some core work after, but okay. I, I just remember that was my very first CrossFit workout. Okay. I, I, now when I see a beginner starting in something, my first piece of advice for them is to always just leave your ego at the door. Be okay with sucking at something because that's something that held me back from progressing in the beginning. I was like, I have to prove to everyone that I can do this, um, that I need to push myself. I need to do things as rx as possible and a lot of the times that either led to injury or that actually impacted the quality of my workouts no absolutely and so you know it's since 2012 when we started to now uh the approach has changed dramatically mm. um because we got smarter and we understood what it was like when we walked in so the idea of leaving your ego out the door is so important and it's in fact one of the first things I tell people because it's like, hey, look, you're going to do things that you've never done before. Mm -hmm. I need you to be willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And um, despite your experiences and other realms of fitness, this is going to be something that you might not have never done. So yeah. I need you to just be willing to learn, understand that it's a slow start. And if you respect your body and yourself to the slow start, you will see great things in the future. That's really well said. I think this if you can master this in fitness it will literally serve you in every mm -hmm. aspect of your life 100%. i can think of so many scenarios in where i felt defensiveness or i felt the need to prove myself but then if i reminded myself that you know this is not about your ego this is about you being present learning something to better yourself actually in the long run and uh and enjoying the process like that's that should be the fun that's part the, yeah, is like 100%. learning how to do something for the first time and it makes that payoff so much more rewarding. What do you think, I mean, this is such a hard question. I, I get this question a lot as a nutritionist, um, but what is the most rewarding part of your job as a, as a fitness coach? Oh, seeing change in people's personal life. Mm -hmm. um, one story that shifted everything for me was actually from a member. And he when he started doing uh, CrossFit, he, um, he would tell me a story about how he struggled to walk up this massive hill and he would take hours and hours and his, his brothers would walk up no problem and he'd be tired. He would get up to the top of the hill, rest for 40 minutes and then have a terrible time on the way down because they would go skiing or snowboarding because he was so tired. That was his measurement of fitness. The following year and the years passed and like to the most recent story, hey, I got up there in like 40 minutes, clipped up my board, after five minutes went down, I had the time of my life. Oh. So when I hear things like that, I know I'm doing the right thing. Because mm -hmm. um, there's this big push in fitness, as you know, to always strive to look leaner, to have abs, to look a certain way. When, but when you can change the way someone feels, yeah. and you can give them power in their life and independence, that is rewarding. Right. Um, so ever since I heard that story, I'm like, that's what it's about. You know, I'm not worried about this particular person in 10 years if they keep on this path. You know, their kids aren't going to worry about them. You know, I, no names, but of people coming up to me and being, hey, like, I want you to know, like, being part of this community saved my life. Being part of this community is the reason yeah. that 
I no longer need to take medication that doctor said I was gonna have to take forever. Mm-hmm. And so like that is super rewarding because that kind of stuff isn't posted. You know what I'm trying to say? Like right. it's just it's different. not a tangible change yeah. that you can just put in a before and after photo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? It's not as like visually like stunning in that way. Not stunning as in beautiful, but stunning as in like, whoa, shocking, mm-hmm. shock factor. Um, but that's the kind of shit that actually changes your life. I can tell you from experience, having abs, being lean, having a whatever ideal body doesn't change shit about how you feel on the inside. Yeah. If anything, it can sometimes place more pressure on, on this need to maintain it. And it takes so much away from being present, having relationships, developing intimacy, like all of these things are taken away from you because you're so hyper-focused on this one thing that you work so hard to get. So yeah, that's beautiful. I think for me, what's most rewarding about the time that I, I did coach CrossFit was this just connection that you facilitated effortlessly. Like you would have like a 65-year-old woman come yeah. in. She would have to scale every single movement. She couldn't squat full depth. She had to use the lightest weight possible. But she's hanging out <laughs> with the fittest guy in the gym. <laughs> like, you know, um, and they're having conversations. They're commenting on the workout together. They're laughing together. And I'm just like, what? In a, in a real-world situation, yeah. you would never, ever be friends. It just wouldn't make sense. But this one obscure thing brought you together and... Now you're able to learn from each other and share in each other's perspective. And I just found that always to be so beautiful. And some of my like closest friends um, and some of my biggest like mentors in my career, I've met through CrossFit. And I would have never crossed paths with them if it wasn't for that. And so I don't think this is me trying to glorify CrossFit necessarily. This is me trying to say like working out has so many benefits that just extend beyond your physical appearance and yeah, your physical appearance and your health status, like physical health status. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I know that you have done a lot of research on how to be a good coach. Um, you've taken certifications, you've taken courses to broaden your scope of knowledge. What is one piece of coaching advice that really stuck with you? And who, who was it from? Yeah, um, that's easy. Chris Henshaw. Uh, who's known as like the aerobic capacity coach mm-hmm. um, in the fitness world, and he—it's uh, simple words. He's like respect people's time. Just respect to respect people's time. When someone walks into your gym, and they might only see you for three hours in the week, mm-hmm. you don't control them the rest of the week. Point being is like when they're there, that might be the only time you see them. So respect that. And give them everything you have. Um, and, and so for me, when I, when he says respect people's time, that's that's what it reflects. Is when someone's in front of you, nothing else matters. Not your phone, not your problems, not your like. You just got to focus on what's in front of you, mainly because you don't know the burdens they're carrying when they walk in. Yeah. Uh, they don't know the burdens you're carrying, and like this is a, a special time in the day for them where this is their getaway. And you need to respect that. Right? It, it always comes down to respect. Right. I love that because it kind of goes back to what I said about you. The reason why I love like you as a coach is because that really comes through. Because again, that hour that I'm spending in your class is about me and me getting better. Well, it's not about like, it's not selfishly about me, but you're so committed to me mm-hmm. that I've never seen you carry like outside emotions. Like 
you might have crashed your car earlier that day, but I wouldn't have known because you're just the same level of excited and happy. And that it's so nice to have that constant. And like I said, we live in a world where shit's always changing and we have, we live busy lives and nothing's ever really constant. So to have that, um, in a week is, is really, really a gift. Um, I love that. And so that also sounds very draining to me. I mean, as a nutritionist, I, I feel the same. I'm like, if you, you have my undivided attention for 75 minutes in a consult and afterwards I'm just defeated. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. how do you recharge? What do you do? I've, I've definitely, it's weird because when I started, I started just like five hours straight. Yeah. Like, I remember that. Internship, five <laughs> hours straight. And it was kind of interesting because <laughs> we, we learned the concept of pacing your workouts. Yes. So that's almost like find this concept of pacing my emotions. Uh, it sounds really weird saying it out loud, but what I what I decided to do, and I thought about this really young, like at an early age, was like, okay, like if I coach like one class, give them everything, and like let's build that threshold, let's build that threshold, let's build that threshold. Um, eventually, there's only so much you can handle mm-hmm. um, emotionally and physically to like handle like that composure. Right. And so if you catch me after a class. Um, I just want to be quiet mm. and I don't really want to talk yeah. not because I don't care anymore it's just like I'm just tired of talking yeah. it, it, because it's talking for four or five hours straight sometimes oh I would lose <laughs> my voice I yeah. would legit have weeks where I yeah. couldn't I couldn't project my voice and so um, I just go quiet I want to spend some alone time yeah. um, if you catch me outside of the CrossFit gym I usually have like some I'm usually just like walking my dog alone and so I try to give myself the equal balance, like the ba- the time that I spend seeing people, right. I try to give my time to be alone. Okay. And I found that has helped me a lot, specifically being an only child, growing up an only child, yeah. where it's like, I really appreciate my alone time. Right. And then I have to balance that too with family and my relation- personal relationship. Yeah, I was going to say, cause, because Sam, his girlfriend is yeah. also um, a, a coach, a fitness coach, and you guys are both phenomenal. So I wonder, like, how? What do you do when you're in your spare time when you're with each other? Yeah. Well, when we're with each other, we just don't talk. No, we just don't talk. We just ignore each other the whole time. Pretend you're not there. Well, the pros of us like working together is like she might coach a class that I don't. So if she's coaching a class that I don't, then I'm taking that time for myself. So you're alternating. And we'll alternate that time when we're together. We just do things that have nothing to do with CrossFit. Surprise. (laughs) I know you guys are so cool. They like tie-dye shirts together or they paint together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like goals. And so, and so we need to give, I've learned, and I was obsessed and I have an obsessive personality with things I dive into, but that obsession needs a break from time to time. Yeah. And so that's when we do the activities. Let's go hiking. Let's go do other things. Let's apply our fitness elsewhere. Mm. Um, so that distraction is what helps recharge for mm. sure, 100%. And having a puppy helps too. Yeah, that's important. And I feel like you guys probably have really good communication mm-hmm. um, asking for your needs. hundred percent. That's so important. I remember when I was coaching at auxiliary, I was living with a very chatty roommate and she was, had the best intentions, but I would come home after coaching five classes in a row and she'd be like, how's your day? Let's talk about politics. And I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> okay. And I didn't know at the time how to ask for that space without coming across as hurtful or rude. Or like, I felt like no matter what I say, it would be hurtful and rude. And that's not true. There is a way to ask for your needs without hurting anyone's feelings. 
Um, and if you really, really made an effort to not hurt their feelings and their feelings are still hurt, that's kind of out of your hands. Um, so yeah, I think that's awesome that you guys are understand each other on that level. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Well, how has being a fitness coach and fitness athlete made you a better human being outside of the gym? I think we already touched on this question, but if you have like one or two things that has really stuck with you over the years. Yeah, definitely. All I see it's when you come across so many different people from different walks of life, you start to gain these different perspectives that you originally didn't have. Um, Like me and you grew up in two very different areas. Mm -hmm. So you have your perspective. I have mine. And what allowed that very specific group of people that we grew up around, they came from different spots. Mm -hmm. And so the conversations that you build with them changes your mind Mm -hmm. or builds on a foundation that you already had. It's just cool. Like how you, you, you fill in the gaps that most people probably don't have access to from just doing, you know, going to school and doing their desk job because they don't have that level of communication. Whereas like we got exposed to construction workers, lawyers, doctors, vets, liberals, conservatives, and yeah. like what you see like so much perspective, and I think it's really cool because it allows us to leave our ego at the door and be more open minded, truly more open minded. Right, but that's not easy. Not a lot of people, I would say, especially like younger heterosexual males. Uh, feel comfortable with starting those conversations and asking and empathizing. Like these are not tools that they might have been, been traditionally raised with. So, where do you think your kind of interest in people's um, existential experience comes from? I think it is rooted based on like how I grew up. Um, so, like my school is very multicultural. Uh, I would actually say white males were the minority. Um, and like, I miss culture week. I miss that aspect of it. Cause you get to learn about the Caribbean culture, the African culture, Asian, this and that. And so like there was, you, you start to learn about all that. And so you realize that different parts of the world do things a little bit differently. And so you start to build this concept and understanding that your way is not always the right way or the only way. Mm. And so when you, so I knew that in school from like almost a cultural standpoint, different races, mm-hmm. different things like that. But then you start to dig deeper and you know that each individual, it goes even further down the rabbit hole that way. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, how do I understand you as an individual? And I found that's ultimately allowed me to learn more how to be, I guess, emotionally intelligent is the word. Absolutely. Um, and how to talk to people and understand and how to adapt myself to make sure that we can have a constructive conversation yeah yeah that's a huge part of our our fitness community and especially with auxiliary fitness rebranding from crossfit due to a prior incident um equality is really important in fitness and i think that yeah it's it's not available to a lot a large chunk of the population or demographic it's not accessible because it is expensive it does cost money and it's not the closest to where they're located. And so when they do come in, it's important that they feel so welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there are other efforts at the gym that are reaching out to people that are totally. disadvantaged. Yeah, totally. why don't you talk a little bit about those? Totally. So last year, um, and this is something that I've always been passionate about, is like, how do I reach more people? Mm-hmm. And Especially people that don't have the means to come on their own. That's really, really important. So we started something called a scholarship program Mm -hmm. um, where 
uh, it can be done through donations um, or any profits that we make that allow people to who are struggling financially because um, we do get the occasional email like hey look unfortunately due to financial reasons we can't continue we'll pull from that fund and we'll be like hey look we have this fund we have a scholarship program that will help like help you for a little bit while you get back onto your feet or if at the very least continue to be part of the community for a little while longer um, so you can you know use this as a stress management tool because if you're going through financial hardships, you're probably going through some sort of stress. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, how they deal with stress, specifically in our community, is they work out. They hang out with people who are uplifting. Um, and, you know, the last person in our gym gets cheered on the loudest. Yeah, it's honestly true. And and that and people who go through hardships need that. They need that more at that moment than, than ever. Yeah, Absolutely. I remember, like, it's making me well up a little bit because I remember being the last person in yeah. class and then and then slowly moving out of that. So for anyone who's a beginner in joining fitness and you're hesitant and you're like, I don't want all eyes on me. I don't want people to to judge me for being slow or for, for being the last person. Trust me, the rest of us are cheering you on, not because we think you're slow and we want you to go faster. Exactly. We're actually cheering on past versions of ourselves. Like, we can literally feel what you're feeling that adrenaline, that like pressure, that like almost like desperate des desperation. Um, yeah, like we're not cheering selfishly. We're not just cheering you on. We want you to succeed, <laughs> but we're also just we can empathize with what everything that you're feeling. How hard it is to come in as a beginner and then to work really hard to push through the pain, to push through your mental limitations, to finish this freaking workout. Like we get it. So yeah, it's definitely not from a place of judgment. It's. It's just there's so much love in yeah, that cheering. And that's why when we used to do like competitions or the open, um, like the, the running through the heats or doing the heats was so much fun. So fun. Because you literally take turns cheering everyone else on. Yeah. And that brings you more joy than you doing the workout yourself and being cheered on too. 100%. So yeah, that's like a really amazing perspective shift. I love that. Well, I mean, speaking about beginners, what are some... Let's say, what are three myths that you feel like you want to debunk for beginners getting into a functional fitness space like mm -hmm. auxiliary fitness? All right, one, you don't need to be quote unquote fit to join. I say quote unquote because fitness is it's a pendulum. Like you have different levels, different areas of fitness. Um, you don't need to be fit to join, you join to get fit to the level of degree that you wish to be. Absolutely. Um, the best way to get better at CrossFit is by doing CrossFit. Yes. Yeah. It's like exactly. everybody's like, no, I have to do a round of P90X first and then I'll join CrossFit or I want to feel like a little bit more comfortable in my body first. But it's like, no, this is how you get comfortable. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I would say is we talked on it earlier. You have to have to let your ego, leave your ego at the door. Mm. That is 100% true. Um, even if, like, if I, I'm experienced at powerlifting, let's say, to uh, the deadlift, the squat, and the bench. But if I walked into a powerlifting gym, I am, at, I am nowhere near that level. So even though I have relatively good numbers for me, I'm walking into a place of specialty. Mm -hmm. So I need to leave my ego at the door. My numbers don't mean anything because they might have a whole different process. Mm -hmm. And each gym is going to have that. And that's right. fine. That's okay. So be willing to learn. Okay. In what ways in your life do you feel like you're able to keep your ego in check? Um, definitely people around me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure they do that. <laughs> feedback. <laughs> feedback. So constant important. feedback. 
Yeah. In fact, when I started coaching, I would ask one or two people after class, like, hey, like, what do you got for me? And I started to learn really young, people have feedback for you. Not everyone is afraid to tell you that you can do better. And so um, I try to create this feedback culture um, with the coaches, with, within ownership, be like, hey, like, tell me when I'm doing something wrong, please. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't tell me, you're doing a disservice to me. And if I don't tell you, I'm doing a disservice to you. Yeah. And so I, I, I try to do that. And also I try to expose myself to the again, quote unquote bigger fish. Right. So I'll go into a room of coaches who have done it for way longer than I have and I'll try to showcase my skills and they'll be like, you're not doing that as good as you can. And then they give you the tools. So if I had an ego walking into that environment, I would just get eaten a lot anyways. Right. And so expose yourself to people who have done it, been there, done that kind of deal. And like, you'll yeah. learn from them. Absolutely. If you are the dumbest person in the room, you've done something right. You're yes. in the right room. 100%. You should always be that. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's this concept of feedback is very hard for a lot of people because growing up, I remember when feedback was solely negative for me. And so that was traumatic. And so anytime anyone would say, Hey, I have some feedback for you immediately. It would feel like they hate me. I did something wrong. I should be embarrassed and humiliated and ashamed. I'm a bad person. I'm not good enough. Therefore I'm getting this bad feedback, but know that that is all constructed within yourself. When someone else gives you feedback, a lot of the times it's out of love yeah. and a lot of the times there are some really good nuggets in there to help you grow. So it's up to you if you want to turn it into something negative that confirms your you know, self-deprecation and self-loathing or you can turn it into something really positive that con- confirms that you're growing and developing and becoming a better coach or person or whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So really, ultimately, it's up to you how you interpret feedback and without feedback, there's no way you can become better in anything that you absolutely your mind 100% to. couldn't have said it better yeah awesome well what's the last myth that you want to debunk <laughs> I was gonna say coaches aren't scary so communicate <laughs> like <Right. you> know, <laughs> like I, I yeah I don't know like I don't know if it's a myth or whatever but I find people are afraid to communicate and I, communicate and I get it it's like you're walking into a, an environment especially in group fitness where people mm-hmm. know each other already and it's so a, and, it's, and it's a family that's built. Yeah. And so they got and, inside and, jokes. And, yeah. And, yeah. And what I want people to know is the family wants to grow. Mm. We want to get bigger mm-hmm. because there's a bigger purpose for what we do. Absolutely. And so don't be afraid to communicate that with the coach mm-hmm. uh, or communicate with the coach. Because I find a lot of times if people do leave because they didn't tell them, they don't tell them why. If I knew why, like, oh, I, I just don't feel comfortable in this class. Okay, why? And then we can start to have a conversation. We can resolve that. Mm-hmm. It's, um, which is why feedback is so important. It's right. so, so, so important. Open communication is important. Yeah. Because if someone just leaves with and says nothing, right. then I can't be fixed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hence, why people shouldn't be silent about yeah. things. And going back to what I was saying about the whole cheering thing, right? Yeah. Like, we know how you feel. We know how it feels to walk yeah. into a gym being complete strangers, never having done the freaking movements, never heard of a burpee. Before. Now you're breathing heavy hands on the knees. And- exactly. I'm like sweating, disgusting. Other people are looking at me. We know what that feels like. So if you think that you're the only one, you're weird for feeling out of place or like you don't belong, that's just not true. Like we know what that feels like. And like fitness, 
camaraderie, friendship, that's not given. It's earned. Just because you pay a membership and you show up, it doesn't mean that people automatically are your friends or have to be your friends. You know, you have to, if you put yourself on the line and you speak up and you make effort to contribute to the conversation, I promise you, like, the nicest people I've ever met are in these, like, fitness studio spaces. Um, because they are people that make time for personal development. They are people that set their ego aside. You know, it just attracts a very awesome, kind, amazing kind of humans. So yeah, don't feel intimidated to like speak up, talk about your needs. If you don't feel comfortable and someone makes you feel that that's wrong or that that's your fault solely or that there's nothing they can do to help you with that, then you're in the wrong space. You need to go find somewhere else. Agreed. Awesome. Well, that was kind of all we wanted to talk about today, or I want to talk about. Um, thank you so much for yes. being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. This thank was you. really, really fun. I feel like we haven't really uh, talked like in depth like this in a really long time. Yeah. Although before, I totally remember us having like two-hour conversations about life. Yeah. Uh, so this is a great little reunion. And before I let you go, I want to go through some rapid-fire questions. All right. All right? Let's do it. Okay. Um, so this is basically going to be a four-time situation. So as fast as you can. <laughs> uh, first thing that comes to your mind when I ask this question. All right. All right. Number one, where were you born? Portugal. Where? Uh, where? Yeah, like... Oh, Trasada. Yeah. It's a little island in Portugal. Okay, there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your spirit animal? A lazy lion. Like a, <laughs> a specific personality has, No, lion. like a, a hot... Like, it's a hot day lazy lion. <laughs> love that. So, like, you can be powerful if you want it to be, but you're just like, nah, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what is your favorite lift? The power clean. Ooh, I can see that. Power clean. Yeah, that's a very you movement. Um, I hate that he power cleans more than he can squat clean. It's my least favorite thing about you because yeah, it makes me feel terrible. Um, what is your favorite gymnastics movement? The muscle up. Yeah, you should, you're like, you're like a damn bird when you do muscle arts, it's so effortless. It's fun. Um, what would be your last meal on earth? So in Portuguese, it's called bacalhau de natas, which is a- I know exactly what that is. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> cod with like cream, uh, potatoes, black olives, like with full of spices. It's mm -hmm. the best. I it love it. It sounds maybe unconventional, but it will change your life. It's so good. Like chicken nuggets? <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. It's all about the bacalhau. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, all right. What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, I don't want to miss a thing by Errol Smith. <laughs> So good. Yo, fucking throwback. Um, what's the favorite place you've ever visited? Ooh. Um, I have to say Iceland just because mm. of the visuals. Yeah. The visuals are insane. It feels like you're in heaven because there's like the yeah. mist and the like, it's just gorgeous. And like a one hour drive, it seems like you're in two different places. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's so insane. It's yeah, amazing. It I is beautiful. It. And you did, you did visit the, um, cross the right a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Met Annie and all that. What was that, that experience like? It was mind blowing because you walk in, it's you're like. You're meeting your hero. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, it was Frederick Agidius, so mm. Annie's husband. Mm. And I was like, he actually introduced himself. He's like, hey, I'm like, hey, what's up? And then I was like, and then I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. I'm like, if you don't mind, um, after you're done training. Like, I, I made that very specific. I'm like, I don't want to interfere with training. Like, afterwards, I'd be happy to, like, meet Annie. And he's like, yeah, totally. He's like, thank you for saying after training. Because apparently people always go in there. Of course. And I would be, yeah, very annoyed. So I did the class and I had a little more energy. And, like, actually, some of the people that brought me in, they're like, hey, you look like you can do more. We want to do work out with us. So I worked out with them. 
And then Annie actually came up to me and pulled me aside. Aww. And then she's like, hey, where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. We talked about my, I had Ninja Turtle wrist wraps. So we talked about the Ninja oh, Turtles. Yeah. And she's pregnant now. Yeah. She's going to be a mom. It's so cool. It's so weird to grow <laughs> up in CrossFit and see all these people that were just as young as you. And now they're like starting families. Yeah. They're successful, starting different businesses. Super it's cool. so weird. We're also very different people from when we started. These are supposed to be rapid-fire questions, but it's going to be a, another podcast. <laughs> no, um, what is a quote that motivates you? Oh, man. I love quotes, too. Mm-hmm. Just given the time and what we're going through, one that keeps coming to my head is, good things must end for better things to start. Um, that one's been running through my head a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, following the rebranding, this is good timing. Actually, one of my favorite quotes I heard through you, and I don't think you came up with it, but I think you relayed it onto me, and I, I loved it. It really stuck with me. And it's um, just be one percent better every day. Yes, I love that. One. Yeah, definitely yeah. one of my favorites because being one hundred percent better, it's too much. It's not sustainable. But if you can be one percent better and just keep doing that, it adds up yeah. and it accumulates. Lay one brick. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, if you weren't a fitness coach, what would you be? A, a historian. What? I didn't see that coming. That was a... <laughs> Most people don't. I love history. That was a swerve. I love history. Cool. Like any history. specific time frame? Um, I tend to... Uh, Game not, of Thrones. No, no specific. Yeah, I just Game of Thrones. That's my history knowledge. <laughs> Fantasy you know, history. I love like... I love like ancient Roman times, ancient Greek times, like um, Viking era. Like I love... Wow. There's something about that era that really like beginning of politics, the beginning of right. it's just how things came to be. Came to be. I love that stuff. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I love history. All right, last one. What is your favorite kombucha flavor, or what's your favorite flavor combo? I should try for kombucha. Either one. Hmm. Maybe strawberry. Strawberry? Yo, I have some strawberry kombucha. Oh, do right you? Now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll try that after. <laughs> I have like strawberry mint and strawberry lychee. Okay. Yeah, awesome. I'll hook that up. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show. Um, if you guys are interested in following Nanny, he's on Instagram at Nanny Urik, O-U-R-I-Q-U-E. And uh, you can also find him. He's the head trainer at Auxiliary Fitness, which you can find on Instagram as Auxiliary underscore fit or oxfit.com. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Excellent. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for coming. No, no. <laughs> and uh, bye, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye, bye.